0: On today's podcast, I will be speaking with Annette Tinholt Valenga, who is a homeschooling mom to her son and a blogger at annetteintime.ca. Annette breeds rabbits and mice and is a poet as well. As you know, this can sometimes be the bad internet show because I live in rural Canada. For Annette's interview, I decided to fix this problem by recording at one of my businesses in town with high-speed internet. Wouldn't you know it, the internet was down there that day, and I had to tether my iPad to my phone to make it all work. And wouldn't you know it, Zoom doesn't record on iPads. I know this now. Our whole interview was lost, and we had to reschedule. Annette was very patient about it, but during our original interview, we really connected. So when we tried again, it became really a catching up between friends. We went down some rabbit trails along the way, but decided that maybe a conversation between friends is just what might be needed during COVID-19. So this would be a really great episode to listen to while you're driving, doing the dishes or folding laundry. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters... In 100 meters... On today's podcast, I have the privilege of chatting with Annette Tinhold-Valenga. Annette is a homeschooling mom, a self-described poet, writer, hiker, and reader, and she blogs at annetteintime.ca. Annette also raises rabbits and guinea pigs. What can you add to that introduction, Annette? Tell us about your homeschooling journey and your family. Well... I no longer raise guinea pigs, we raise fancy mice instead, and
1: my son has assumed care of those, which teaches him a bit about business and animal husbandry and all that other kind of stuff. I have a cat who thinks I've left, I don't know why, you might hear him meowing. (laughs) Um, My homeschooling journey. We started homeschooling when Justin was wee little. We knew we wanted to homeschool right from the start. And it's a little tough sometimes just homeschooling a singleton, but I think we've done okay. I'm sure you have. So how did you get into homeschooling? A couple of families that homeschooled. One was the pastor who actually married us, and he and his wife homeschooled their I think it's eight kids and they were doing well. And my sister-in-law homeschooled and we knew somebody else who was homeschooling. And it's like, yeah, we can do that. It's a whole lot better than sending our kid off. We can't see him all day. I like, it comes right down to it. I just like having him around. So the idea of sending him away didn't make a lot of sense to me. So yeah, we kept him home.
0: You had already been homeschooling him since birth. so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, the idea of sending him away didn't make a lot of sense. And the goal is to keep him home till he's 16 for homeschooling and then let him decide what he wants to do. At this point, he wants to stay home because if he goes to school all day, he'll never see his dad because his dad works evenings and he likes to be able to see his dad. So um, we'll probably just keep homeschooling all the way through. That's another benefit. I like having him here.
0: <laughs> yes, I like having mine around huge, too.
1: A huge benefit having him
0: You
1: know? And uh yeah, I like that we have that freedom because otherwise the only time Justin would see his dad is on the weekends and then you're busy with other stuff, right? And busy with you know, he's fifteen now, so he'd be busy with his friends and whatnot. And uh Yeah, because Jim's not pastoring right now. He's working as a feed mill operator because our church closed. So it's been an interesting season.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. And um, I know my husband got laid off right at the beginning of COVID too. It's it's really only the wage subsidy that the government has in place that is allowing him to be still working right now. And uh, so these are... These are challenging times for sure. I was thinking about, you were talking about your husband's schedule working yeah. evenings and homeschooling is so great for that because I know when my husband worked shift work on the days that he was working afternoons, if the kids had been at school, they never would have seen him. But because we were homeschooling, we could even have our big meal at yeah. lunchtime and they could actually see their dad during those two weeks of afternoon yeah which trees up the rest of your day
1: yeah because it's not good if kids can't see their dad you know at least that's how i think so i have a cousin who's a single mom and she originally was homeschooling but now she sends them off to public school and i just i can't see i don't understand how she can do it because she works so hard and she has five kids and she's single parenting and it's like how hard is that, you know? So it's always nice when you can work it out that they can see their, you know, that both, both, both parents are involved. Oh, are you still there? Yep. I am. I'm still here. I'm I'm just listening. (laughs) But uh, no, the
0: whole screen disappeared for a minute. It was like, ah, what did I do? I think we're still okay. Uh, So do you want to talk a little bit more about your mice and your rabbits? Like a little bit more of how that works in your family life? in your agricultural education and your homeschool?
1: Well, it was kind of funny because I was talking to a lady that I sold a rabbit to this morning and she was telling me how her kids get really attached and won't let her sell rabbits, even if the rabbit kids are like, they're too attached. And I said, no, you have to teach them when you're young how to properly care for an animal, that if it's got a genetic issue, you have to remember that it's a bunny, so it's not a person. And... If you can't keep it, it's not right to sell a bunny who's not perfectly healthy to somebody who doesn't know how to take care of them. I said, if you don't teach them that when they're young, then they have to learn that hard lesson when they're older. So that's one of the things I like about having rabbits and prairie animals. Their death rate is fairly high. So that means that I can take the time to, if I have a rabbit die, I can do an autopsy with on it and show my son and say okay so let's figure out why this rabbit thing and when we sell them if he sells a bunny for me he actually makes the commission he really likes that <laughs> Because uh, we do the same thing with the fancy mice. If he sells a fancy mouse and I end up selling it, then I take a commission and sell a bunny for 50 to hundred dollars and mice go for five to ten. You learn responsibility because you have to go out twice a day and take care of them. And you learn about how to administer mercy when you have to, because sometimes things happen with the animals and you need to give them a quick out as opposed to just letting them suffer. It teaches how to breed for the characteristics. In about with mice is that they bite. And when we started doing mice, they did bite. <laughs> but then we you keep the ones that don't bite and then over time you get a mouse that you can pick up and do basically anything with. And that's what we have now. We have mice and people are like, "You can just pick them up and it's like, "Yeah. Here, you want to hold them?" oh, he's going to jump. And it's like, no, he won't jump. He'll be just fine. (laughs) It's nice to be able to prove people wrong and show them that if you take your time and you have a goal in mind, you can get what you want in the animals that you raise. And uh, that has taught my son And he's expanded that to other areas because he's taken an interest in raising ants. And he also is, he loves the game. What kid this time of day and age doesn't like the game? But he was like, well, if I just take my time, mom, I can build this whatever I want. And if I don't like it, I can change something. But I have to think about what I want to do before I do it. And it's kind of like, well, same thing with doing mice and rabbits, right? You have to think about what your long-term goal is and then work towards that skills. Yeah, it fits really well with homeschooling. And it's led us to go on some trips to deliver rabbits. And we've seen sites along the way that are really kind of cool. And it's like, oh, I never knew that was there. And then you can take a little road trip
0: and side trips. Yes. Yeah, so we used to farm and we raised pedigreed sheep. And so we would be breeding them for certain characteristics and the children helped on the farm and they learned a lot of facts of life and a lot of um life lessons from having to deal with disappointments or if lambs didn't make it or things like that it just gave such an opportunity to um, take it in stride for them um, as they learned. And then they also learned about business and they learned where their food comes from, which we had some pigs for a little while just for our own (laughs) purposes. And, um, and we have three daughters and one son, but it was before our son was born and our three daughters decided to name their three pigs after their own names Rebecca, Elizabeth, and Julia. But then when they found out that we were going to actually eat them at the end, they're like, oh no, you can't eat like their own name. So then they changed their names to Bacon, T-Bone, and I forget what the other one was. One's a vegetarian now, (laughs) but that has has nothing to do with the fact that we were farmers, but anyway so yeah you you learn a lot oh, about life it's fine it is a funny story and it it's yes, funny yes but they had to help oh, with chores you know when we had laying hens they had to collect the eggs and um, and our oldest mm-hmm. daughter would get paid to help with the chores when my husband was in school, and she was old enough to feed and water the sheep herself, so um, he paid her to do that. And yeah, so they learned a bit about business, a lot about life, a lot about some hard work, and yeah, and uh, bottle feeding lambs in the middle yeah, of the night, good. yeah,
1: yeah, it's just those middle of the night trips, not fun. <laughs>
0: No, that's why I don't have a puppy.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about getting a puppy, but then it's like I don't want to spend current prices are like $800 to $3,000 for a dog. And it's like, no, not doing that.
0: Yes, there's been an increased demand because of COVID because people are actually home so they can have a dog and they can walk a dog. And uh, a friend of mine breeds... um, golden doodle no labradoodles yep. I don't know one of those popular yep. breeds and she usually has them sold before they're yep. even born at this point because of the demand during COVID which makes me wonder what will happen with those dogs once COVID is over I guess that would be a good time for homeschool kids to start a dog walking business
1: <laughs> yeah I'll have to tell my son about that say hey you want to earn some money when COVID's over, start walking dogs.
0: No extra charge. Busy, what do you want? I
1: have a cat bugging me.
0: I have a cat too. <laughs> so. And he'd normally be trying to walk on top of my laptop right now, but he actually hurt himself and he's kind of, uh, he has a sore paw, he's limping. And I'll probably have to take him to the vet, but I like to wait a day or so and just see if the swelling goes down or if there's improvement or whatnot. So he's kind of hiding in the corner of the living room. Oh, I know listeners, you can't see this kitty, but a gorgeous tortoise shell with like a, almost a harlequin, like dark on one side and light on the other. I used to have one that looked just like that and her name was Tabitha Louise the second.
1: Oh this is Lizzie and she is attitude and a half.
0: All Can't hold cow- her very long <laughs> or she's going to try to bite me. <laughs> I've never met a cat like that that didn't have some of that attitude. They make good companions. Yeah now.
1: I think they call it tortitude or something. Tortitude? Oh. Yeah they do and she makes me laugh. It's
0: a thing. Yeah
1: it is. You're like, oh, you have a tortie. You're going to have tortitude. (laughs) Well,
0: I can be very saucy. She's too smart. You're telling me you have tortitude? (laughs) A little bit. There's a bit of red in my hair. I just found out. um, So I got my ancestry DNA done a while ago. But as you... um, As more samples come in that are related to you, you actually get a bit more accurate Mm -hmm. reading. So even though your DNA doesn't change, sometimes the percentages will change. And I just found out that I am 50% Scottish, which I did not know. That's quite a bit of Scottish for not having Scottish relatives. (laughs) And my husband's family like his grandparents came from Scotland my dad came from England and then i'm about 20% Scandinavian like Norwegian and Swedish too i was surprised to find out i had there that much go. yeah that much scottish but maybe that will explain my crazy red curly hair and all that jazz but i yeah, we, digress. Nice.
1: <laughs> we digress we digress Yes, we do. It's good to digress once in a while though.
0: It is. One thing I like about listening to podcast interviews sometimes is just the just listening to the friendship of a couple of people talking and um especially right now when we can't be that social. It's like we're friends with the people talking on the podcast too and we're getting to know them and we're just enjoying the conversation. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we need a bit more personal conversation in our lives. Yeah, we do. Too
1: many people don't have enough of that right now.
0: It's true. It's true. And and we really kind of go sad, so. Yeah, we go downhill. Like we go downhill when we don't have people interactions. Even if we are an introvert, even if we like to recharge by being alone, we weren't designed to be alone. For long periods of time, we need community, right? Yep. We need we need people. Very true. So one form of community can be online communities like Facebook groups or blogging. And Annette, you have a blog, but you don't just write on your blog. You also yep. offer... Helpful tips for writers and bloggers. And one thing you wrote in one of your posts that I love to talk about is, Never let your one thing be your only thing. And to remember to keep your other interests alive. And I think now more than ever, this is important. Can you talk about that and how having a range of interests is part of a life well lived? The other day, I was Facebooking with a friend And
1: I mentioned to her how I was taking a course on I think it's allison.com. They do like all kinds of courses. And I told her I was learning woodworking. And she was like, what? (laughs) Why would you be learning about woodworking? (laughs) And I said, well, because it's just kind of interesting. I browse what they have available. And then I go, oh, that looks interesting. And it gives you talking about my bunnies which I can like do all day then I limit myself to the people I can talk to right but if I have a wide range of interests, then I can talk about those things I think it was engineering something or other and they were talking about how you have the different kind of architectural features like domes and I can't remember all the terminology so right now on Alison I'm taking a course on architecture And they're talking about the the specific features of old buildings. It's fascinating. And it means that when I walk down the street, I can actually go now. Oh, that would be a modern day example of this and such. And which helps to, especially if I'm walking with my son, it gives us another topic of conversation. And if you write, the more things that you know about, the broader it makes your writing. Because you're not just limiting yourself to one thing. So the more you know, the more you don't want to just talk about just one thing all the time, right? So the more I know, the more I can think. And the more I think, the more I can speak. And all of that helps broaden my knowledge base, which gives me more wisdom in the long run. And so... It's nice trying to put all these different little things together. And then I have a broader base of experience when it comes to talking with other people. So I don't know. It's just, it's good not to get yourself stuck in a rut of only knowing what it's nice to be able to do the unexpected.
0: And it's so good for our minds to be lifelong learners, but do you think that sometimes homeschoolers can be so busy in their homeschooling bubble that they Especially as mothers, we completely focus so much on our kids that we kind of lose, lose our identity as just as a human, as a lifelong learning human. And so it can be very important that we have some kind of interest outside of the children.
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I have to admit, when our son was younger than, I think, seven, my life was very focused on him. Because at that age, they're still so needy and so demanding of one-on-one attention. And I see it in my friends who have larger families than we do. But how, how it is when the kids are young that they're so focused on those younger ones because they need so much training and learning. And when mom says, come here, that means you come here. <laughs> um, and then having to actually go get them so that they know when mom says, come, come, come. But once, usually, by the time they hit seven, they kind of know the house rules and they kind of know where they fit into mom's attention span. So when parents have young kids under the age of seven, I fully expect them to be really kid focused. But then as it's good to show them that you have interests outside of them. So the world's not all about them. And that's where we need to take the time to remember. Because I had to take the time to remember. So I'm sure other mothers had to take the time to remember. It's like, you know what? He's not the only thing I live for. (laughs) You know, I live for my husband and for my faith and for this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, what? right now I don't have time because I'm studying for a test. Or I have to write a blog post or whatever. And it's good for kids to see that. It's not all about them, which helps them when they get to be teenagers, when everything seems to be about them. I'm living there right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, that's kind of my quick thoughts. Yep, it's it's not all about them, and also then when they grow up, you still have something like you miss them, but you have interests in your life that you're not left devastated and surprised that you have nothing in your life because you've been cultivating some interests (laughs) along the way. For sure. For sure. So that's, I think,
1: maybe part of the reason why so many parents whose kids move out, why sometimes they really struggle because they've forgotten about their spouse as they've taken care of the kids. Or they've forgotten that they have to do something other than kids when the kids are gone. Remembering you have other interests helps you and your relationships more in the long run. It can't just be about the here and now.
0: I got in trouble from one of my kids recently because I was doing the opposite. I was like well, two years after you move out this is what I plan to do with the house. (laughs) And so She felt like I was took exception to that. (laughs) (laughs) She felt like I was rushing her out, but I I wasn't. I was just following her timeline for when she's finished college and when she (laughs) plans to do her plans. But maybe I didn't seem so sad about it. So um, maybe. I needed to be a bit sad about it, but I did assure her that, you know, as long as she needed to be there, that was okay, that I wasn't rushing her out. But I do have plans, though, for the house afterwards. But part of the plans is that I'll always have a room for whatever kid needs to come back, because they do come back. I've heard that, and I've experienced it, so... Yeah, well, in our current house, we have four
1: bedrooms. So I'm expecting that our son's bedroom will probably stay his bedroom, but we have a tenant right now, a boarder, I guess you'd better word. And um, the guys were asking me the other day, when she moves out, what are you going to do with that room? Get another tenant or what? And it's like, well, actually, kind of thinking I'll turn it into a train room. I need to get my train going. Because then we have no real real place to set up my train, and um, so it's like I'll turn that into a train puzzle kind of room, so we can do things differently than what we're doing them right now. Because uh, it's nice to have a, a, a border because it helps pay the bills, <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of want our house back just to being us, if that makes sense.
0: So. It totally makes sense. I've had a border but, uh, before. And, uh,
1: it's nice having her here, but at the same time, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, but she's looking at moving out because she's got parents who are having health issues. So um, she wants to move in with them because there's no way she's putting them in an old folks home right now.
0: No, it's not a good time. Place, like
1: a long-term care facility. <laughs> um, it's not a good time for that. So, so she's looking at moving in with them. It's just a process because it's not an easy time to move in with other people right now either. So, yeah, there's a lot of fear out there, right? And her her parents are not the exception when it comes to that.
0: But they have to be looked Interesting after. Times we're living in. Yep. This, we're going to call this the COVID yeah, episode.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, eh? <laughs> Yeah too many people suffering right now so but you know we might hear a squabble in a few minutes our other cat is old and a little bit senile and um they're doing a staring contest right now
0: oh yes that that usually so happens if you before you hear a squabble the ah, yelling starts it's the, cat. Yeah. It's the yeah. calm before the so storm
1: i could throw something at them i'll see if that works because <laughs> pens don't hurt anything it just distracts <laughs>
0: No what? animals were harmed True. in the recording yeah, not of this podcast.
1: <laughs> Just startled a little bit. Oh, so they're staring again.
0: Oh, well, we'll see what happens. Oh, well. <laughs> keep calm and carry on, right? Yep. Keep calm and
1: carry on. That's all you can do. So.
0: so, Annette, one of the things you do as a blogger is review books and curriculum under your homeschooling tab. Can you share with us how you got involved with doing reviews? I have been doing reviews
1: for forever, I think, <laughs> or at least since I started my blog. Um, well, maybe a couple of years after. Um, I started doing reviews with the homeschool review crew, uh, which is part of the old schoolhouse. They do schoolhouse mm-hmm. teachers, which is a curriculum company. Then I started doing small reviews for individuals who were like, oh, I wrote a book. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can review that for you. Right now, my predominance in reviews is for Raincoast books and for the schoolhouse. I also do some reviews for, (laughs) I can't remember. Anyways, um, they send me emails once in a while and I go, yeah, I can read that. So I only do physical stuff. I really try not to do digital stuff because I really don't like doing digital stuff. Um, It's too easy to. Um, Forget that you actually have that product to review it. I like doing reviews because I like sharing my thoughts about how, if it's curriculum, how it works for a single kid. Because a lot of curriculums are developed for using with groups. And I did one last year, which I really liked. But almost all the activities, I'd probably say 97% of the activities were meant to be done as a group and it's kind of like well that <laughs> would have been really cool to do but I don't know how to do that with a singleton and I don't know how to change it so that it could possibly work with a singleton <laughs> and so I put that in my review that if you just have one kid this is not the curriculum for you unless you're smarter than I am and know how to change the group activities to achieve the same purpose so that's the problem right I can give him all kinds of things to do that work just for him, but they might not meet the purpose that wants to do with that particular activity. And then it's like, okay, I I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) And I really like reviewing picture books because there's a lot of garbage out there. And there's a lot of, um, I'm seeing in my reviews more and more of the mindfulness mindset creeping in since I'm a person of faith I want stuff is coming in so that when they're reading books with their kids they can either change the language or they can take it as the time to talk and say so what do you think about what they just said there because you can do that with five-year-olds you can ask them what they think and um, help turn them to alternative ways of dealing with life and It's just, it's important to do that. So that's what I like to do with my my reviews is to, you know, I write from a Christian perspective. Books are just fun to read. (laughs) I just did one recently called The Runaway Shirt. And it made me think about my son when he was little, he'd crawl into the laundry basket. (laughs) But in this book, it it was a little kid who was trying on one of his daddy's shirts and he kept running away and mom was holding him up and he'd run away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a, and uh, my son and I also recently finished reading a book. I mean we've just started another one. He's been studying World War II. So uh This light between us. It was an extremely good book. And I wouldn't have read it if it hadn't come through as a review. So when people are like, oh, we want to study World War II, it's like, well, read this book. Read it with your kid. Know that it's got some little bit odd mystic stuff in it, but overall, it's a really good book. And it will show you the similarities in some way between the Japanese internment camps that they had in the States. And not as severe, though, as the internment camps that they did with the Nazis and how the families were ripped apart and the devastation that it caused. For the Japanese, it was more the devastation it did to their culture and their families, whereas with the Nazis, it was a little more permanent. It was very touching, sensitive, and I love books that encourage you to ask questions. Do you have a chance? Did I ramble on too much?
0: Nope, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I will put a link to that book in the show notes if I can, and I'll definitely look into it. And I have written a children's book, and I found an illustrator for it, and I'm yeah, and I'm going to be publishing it as soon as my illustrator is finished with her part. It's looking good so far. And it's about two little girls. And,
1: Yay, and then you're going to let me
0: review it. Okay, that would be great. So one is a, One is an introvert and one is an extrovert. Basically, one is me and one is all the friends I've uh-huh. ever had. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> but how they how they connect with each other and their best <gasps> friends, but then sometimes they have a misunderstanding because they they actually benefit from the differences between them, but sometimes they don't quite understand each other. Um, and they have to learn to understand their differences, and they come to an understanding at the end, or else it wouldn't be a lovely little book, would it? Yep. <laughs> but that's all I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, say for have now. Books to
1: end well because if they don't. <laughs> bad taste in your mouth if it doesn't end well
0: it's true i'm that way with movies too i feel like if a movie yeah if a movie does not have a happy ending i feel like i've wasted my entire time watching it yep
1: yep my son read a book once it was part of a review and that's where we learned that doing book reviews like where you have to do book reports and stuff like that doesn't work well with my lad he'd rather just talk about the book and in the end, the dog dies. He's like, "Mom, no. why did you have me read that book? Did you know the dog was going to die?" Forget all the other good stuff. You in remember the, the dog? The dog. Okay, do- oh, yeah, right. The dog does die. <laughs> like, well, think about the others. But, mom, the dog died. Do- Don't let me read a book like that again. It's like, okay. I like in happy things. Yeah, but it's good once in a while to read a book that doesn't end well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there were no fairs this year. Well, last year. I hope there's fairs this year. Do you show your rabbits at fairs? Um, I take them to rabbit shows. I would never take them to a fall fair because people poke and prod at fall fairs. Um,
0: that makes sense.
1: But um, I take them to rabbit shows. And then only one person pokes and prods them and that's the judge. <laughs> But no rabbit shows this year. It's like, eh. And doing them online, it's just not the same. I watched some kids doing an online presentation for their, oh, it's much funner when you can, like, all be there at the same time instead of just, oh, yeah, they've taken a video at home.
0: Well, some of those shows yeah. are part of your social life, I'm glad too. They-
1: yep. Yep. And uh, I don't attend a lot of rabbit shows, but it's always fun going and catching up with people that you haven't seen in a year because they were at the last show a year ago. (laughs) It's kind of like, oh, there you are. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, tell me about your English lops. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I raise Holland lops and I have um, some mixed breed meat rabbits. So... We only have three of them, but we have a diabetic cat. And so we feed him rabbit to keep him healthy. So we don't have to buy insulin, which is expensive. And we don't have to give him shots all the time. So a homemade diet has done the trick for him. Yeah. Which I'm really, really happy about. Cause when he was diagnosed, I think it was like almost three years ago. Now we thought we were going to lose him and he wasn't responding well to insulin. And so putting him on a homemade diet has quite literally saved his life. And he's okay. my son's cat, so we can't lose him too quickly.
0: No. And cats are meat eaters. Oh. But most cat food has all kinds of grain oh, very grains much that so. are not for, actually for cats.
1: <sighs> if you just read the labels and it's kind of like, the first thing on there is corn. I'm sorry. Uh, cats are not corn eaters. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Yeah, because they're obligate carnivores. So mice go to the cat, too, because, well, cats eat mice. So it's just, it works out. And We have a cat who's relatively healthy, even though he's getting senile. So he'll wake you up at night, meow, because everybody apparently in the world has disappeared.
0: We'll call it the cat yeah. and COVID episode.
1: Oh, well, we could call it the cat bunny and COVID episode if you want.
0: Because <laughs> yes. I
1: could talk bunnies all day.
0: But um so if you're listening and you want to know about rabbits, Annette is your girl. Make sure you go to Annette in Time. Is it .ca? Yep .ca. You'll be able-
1: yeah. My I actually have a blog just for my rabbits. Yeah, I actually have a, a blog just for my rabbits. So um, that's at home pets. Just look it up. The web address is way too long. I blog about the rabbits a little bit on Annette in Time too. So. Um, you know because interest are interest right yeah I'm just thinking about the review stuff that I do if there's things that I would recommend of all the things that I've reviewed and when it comes to homeschooling if you have any interest in history homeschool in the woods is really really good <laughs> um, they do uh, excellent job at timelines and giving a variety and activities so that you don't have to just do one thing and it works well if you've got one kid or if you've got a group of kids so when it comes to curriculum um homeschool in the woods is a solidly good product and next Quadmaster, my son is going to be doing the um, canadian geography and you did i think a walk through it or something or a companion or something to the book that he's doing Yes, a companion um, workbook. He's looking forward to doing that. So, Yeah. So, which I have saved in my files because I haven't downloaded or printed it off because he's not there yet. (laughs) But no, he was looking through it and he was like, oh, this looks pretty good. And it's like, oh, good. (laughs) You know, good to keep a boy
0: happy, right? So. Well, thanks for um, the shameless plug. So the geography (laughs) workbook. I wasn't
1: trying to just plug you, but it (laughs) it was something that he mentioned it recently that he was like oh this looks pretty good mom because i just showed it to him on my computer it's like here look at that tell me what you think so you know um, he hasn't done a lot of geography so when he says that looks pretty good it, it you know it tells me something so because most of the time it's just like yeah i can do that whatever so
0: cool the nice thing about the geography is that it has instructional videos for the lessons and they're just linked you go to uh Password protected page on the website, and then you can link to the videos. So the parent doesn't actually have to really do teaching because the teaching is all on there. So it the workbook makes the textbook into like an entire course but it's very affordable the workbook is very affordable even though it has all those instructional videos and things like that so that's something great so if you're looking for Canadian high school geography credit since we're doing a shameless plug we might as well finish it out and um, let you know so you can go on the Canada homeschools website or com slash homeschool. Annette and I are having too much fun. I think we don't have enough social life right now. So we're having it right now. We're just laughing because we're tired. Yeah, we're tired.
1: (laughs) So, but
0: speaking about interests, Annette, Um, one of the things you have on your blog is a whole section on art. What advice can you give? Because art is fun. Yeah. What advice can you give to homeschoolers about incorporating art? in their education for their children?
1: Have your kids do art. It doesn't matter what kind of art, whether it's drawing, which is what my son was big into when he was little. And he would do these amazing little pictures. Um, But you can use art to incorporate poetry. For instance, they make a series of books called Imagine a Day. I got those out of the library and I was reading through them. I said, huh, that's fascinating. So I would read one page and not show my son what was on the page and say so what does that make you think about and he would draw it and then I would also draw what I thought it was about with trying not to look at the page right (laughs) and then we would take time to sit down and compare our drawings it was amazing sometimes how the words made us both think about the same thing and other times it would make us think about something completely different so Then you could go back to the words and say, so why did you think about that when I thought about this? And isn't it fascinating how the English language works and we both thought about different things or we both thought about the same thing. But you could you could draw or you could just have them make something. It's like, okay, so I'm reading this. What would you make if you were doing that? If you were going to build that out of Lego, how would you build something like that or sculpt it? or whatever. So you can you could use art to help you learn poetry, um, to do maps of ge- geography and, you know, salt dough maps of the world or whatever. But art is just, it, you can use it as an extension to help cement the idea. And you can also let them then start learning some independence if you let them do it their way. So you're doing anything on frogs. Frogs come in a multitude of colors. But this particular lesson, all your frogs were supposed to be green. But your kid goes, well, I want to color mine purple. It's like, okay, well, what color are frogs normally? If they can answer that question about what color frogs are normally, but for their art project, they simply want to make a purple frog. Well, then let them make a purple frog. What does it really matter in the long run? As long as intellectually... They know the facts, but creatively, using their creative talents, they do it differently. So they're making it more of an abstract frog than a real-life frog, because it's good for kids to learn to think their own way, because they're going to have to do it when they're adults, right? So if you can guide their learning when they're little and still let them be creative, well, let them be creative, right? So... Um, I remember teaching an art class and we were studying an artist and I had way more construction paper than I had a right to bring (laughs) and and one of the kids asked well is it okay if I do my art project using black and I said well how are you going to show the variation in color with black and he said well let me show you and he pulled all the different black construction paper I had and it was amazing how there were slight variations in the shade of the black and he put it all together and it's like, you know what, you did a really good job with that. You know, and I would never have thought if I was just, you know, teaching it that somebody could make that particular art project using just one color. When it was sure it was all black construction paper, but it was all different shades of black. I never would have thought about that before. So he taught me something that day. That's the fun of art, right? Is that not only do you teach but you're also taught by how your your children do that art project or that um creative expression of whatever it is that you have been doing i love art, art and i love teaching art that allows kids to be to express their own creativity and it's not like i have to mark everything right So I'm not using art as a, you know, i got to make sure you understand this perspective. So everybody has to draw this red barn properly so I can see how well you understand that concept. And I don't use art in that way. I use art more as a, can you show me that you've learned this particular thing about whatever subject we happen to be learning about? And if I wanted um, to do formal art lessons, well, then I'd send him off for formal art lessons where he'd actually have to, you know, show that he's learned a skill. But most of the time when it came to, it's like, well, let's learn about perspective. When we were doing that, he was big into angry birds. So he made some teeny tiny little angry birds way in the distance and great big ones in the, in the foreground, you know, but that's my basic thoughts.
0: So what I'm hearing too, in all of that great, oh. uh, great sort of philosophy of art, almost, I would say, Annette, I'm also hearing that You know, you had the option in that moment of teaching art when that student wanted to use all black instruction paper. And a lot of us parents can be like this, where we would have said no in that moment. We would have tried to control the child because they weren't doing it the way that we had envisioned them doing it. But you let them go ahead and try it. And I think that's a good lesson for some of us listening. I don't know who, maybe myself, that art is an opportunity to just roll with it a little bit.
1: Yes. Yes. You have to roll with it. And the thing is, is that if they try it and it doesn't work, it doesn't hurt anything to try it again differently, you know? And if it hadn't worked, I would have suggested, well, what if you add like white, into that, or have you looked to see if we have, you know, um, but then you can make suggestions after the fact, if they're not happy with how their project turned out. And that gives you further talking points. I always like having talking points. It's like, so why don't you think that worked out? What could you have done differently to show that you understand what this artist did, you know? that's that's my approach and that's what I do with science too right so, so well, it didn't work out this time why didn't it work out maybe Teach, show me show me you know explain to me why of course now I have a 15 year old who explains absolutely everything to me now so maybe it's backfired <laughs> but I think it will I think it will serve him well in the long run right
0: Yeah, because it's about the process of learning and you're embracing the process, not just getting the check mark and forgetting everything you learned and move on to something else, right? There's a whole process that comes with truly learning something.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, Annette, Annette the Poet, this has been kind of a fun episode because I think we've just been chatting as we have mentioned. But I wondered if you would share your poem with us. Annette writes poetry, and I kind of chose one for her to read because I felt like it was uh, very relevant during this COVID-19 time, and, uh, and I would just love it if you would read that poem. Will you do that? Sure. Thank you. Sure, I can do that.
1: My poem is called... How is church for you? Sunday service, 10.30 arrive. Greetings, noise, alive. Singing loudly, bandit plays. Praise and hymns, voices raise. Four or six music tunes, praising God, the leader croons. 45 minutes, pastor extols the wonders of God. Yes, we are told. Singing again, the service it ends. Into the world, congregation sends. COVID hits, everything changes. Staying at home, the government ranges. No service, oh, for many a week. How to reach people who seek? Everyone shut in, people away. How long can things continue this way? Gradually easing, the rules give way. Showing improvement. Will COVID make sway? 30% capacity we currently stand. Some church attendance. It's well in hand. Two songs, no singing aloud. Announcements too, then heads bowed. Prayer and a message in minutes remain. Can a church service help us stay sane? Fifty minutes total, sign up to attend. Come, let your heart mend. This season is hard. Can the church lend a hand to ease the suffering, the locked in barely stand? How to combat when together forbidden? Can we show our God who mustn't be hidden?
0: How is church for you? Thanks, Annette. I think that encapsulates not only, I know all of our listeners are not necessarily church people, but whatever your thing is that um, represents your gathering with others and getting filled up and getting some sanity and, um, and just what's normal for you and encouraging for you, um, for us, it a church is a big part of that. Um, I think that poem kind of encapsulates how we're all feeling and where where we're all at these days. And so, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Well written, well read. It was my
1: it was my pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I tried. I don't often read my poetry out loud. It's always just in my head, right? So um, it's good to do.
0: I think it's good to hear it from the the author because you know the cadence, the rhythm of it that was in your mind and where uh, the emphases are. So for me, that is even more authentic than me reading it myself. I know it's not very postmodern of me to say that, but that's how I actually (laughs) think about it.
1: There's very very much truth in that, though, right? Because how one person reads a thing and how another person reads a thing um, conveys different emotions, too, right? So if I were to ask my son to read this, it would be a monologue because that's just how he reads. And that's not how it's meant to be written, so... Yeah. Having the author read it works quite often in like almost anything.
0: Well, I know that it's very um, risky putting yourself out there like that. And I've experienced that too. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. We've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes.
0: I know <sighs> I have to go we need to talk longer. <laughs> I know we need to talk more often. <laughs> oh. so. Yeah. My family's podcast. We could, sure. We could just email me with things you want to talk about, or at least a starting point. I don't think we'd ever run out of things to talk about. Nope. Nope.
1: Talk about all kinds of things, history, science, geography, bunnies. um...
0: (laughs) So we didn't even do, so we didn't even do the um, home stretch. (laughs) Well, I don't know. i I'll let you know how my cat's doing. Um, We didn't even do the home stretch or anything, but I feel like we kind of got to wind it down. So we can always tack that on to the next time we talk on a podcast. Yeah. Yes, definitely. We can. And on that note, we'll bring our interview to a close. I have a couple of updates for you since Annette and I recorded this rabbit trail interview. The first one is you might wonder how my cat Piper with a swollen leg is doing. We took him to the vet and what happened was he had gotten into a fight with another critter because he's an outdoor cat and he still thinks he's a teenager even though he's getting old and he had a slight puncture wound in his leg which got infected which is what caused him to have such a swollen leg. He got some antibiotics, some anti-inflammatory and some pain medication and now he's fit as a fiddle and back to acting like a teenager again even though he's old. So that's the update on my cat Piper, just in case any of you were wondering. And the second update, is that high-speed internet has finally come to my neighborhood. You will hear a few more interviews that I've already recorded with our rural internet, but once I start recording new interviews with our new high-speed internet, I hope that you'll notice a difference and an improvement in the quality, and it will no longer be the Great Canadian Bad Internet Show. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end, I'm just so thankful that you stuck with us, and Happy homeschooling, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, CanadaHomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada. (laughs) Hee <laughs>